This is Bentley Manning. And this is Kellen Day. This is an experiment to see what happens when church gets canceled. And we find new ways to connect. This is... This is... This is... Empty Pews. Hey, wonderful people, this is Bentley Manning coming to you from the Church of the Incarnation. Hey, y'all, it's Kellen. Um, Hey, Bentley, we have got to get a podcast out to our folks, and we have to do it really fast because we had a busy week and just not a lot of time. So maybe this is, you know, you're absolutely right. We do not have a lot of time. We've had a busy week. Most folks don't really know what happens. I don't know if it's okay to talk about this, the day-to-day lives of priests, Uh, but maybe this would be a good time to tell folks why we're doing this last minute. Do we even know what happens? (laughs) One of the great parts about being a priest, I I don't know about you, Kellen, but I think one of the great parts about being a priest, and this is something someone else said to me, this is not original, is that it's one of the last jobs, uh, vocations, but jobs really, uh, where you get to be a generalist and not a specialist. I think like in episode 14 or something, you said that to our people, but it's a good reminder. We are generalists because we do lots and lots of things. So like for t- today, for instance, you like managed a building project, taught a class, uh, celebrated a staff member, Charles Banks, whose birthday is tomorrow, um, talked to probably a number of prisoners, talked about a funeral, answered some emails, you know, it's just kind of like... There's, there's some things that happened today. Right. Which and, and of course, like the great risk here of when you're doing all of these things is that you don't do any of them really well. <laughs> you just do all of them and d- hope that they work out. Yeah. I mean, there's only so much time in the day. So. But it's true for you too as well, Kellen. I mean, you, you did a number of different things today. Um, <laughs> why is that funny? <laughs> it's not. It's true. You made a podcast. <laughs> you helped teach a class. You have been talking to families about a different funeral. Um, you've been working on a vacation Bible school camp. camp. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's just kind of all over the place. True, managing some signups for but, worship on Sunday. You know, yeah, it's fun. But back to this earlier point, I mean, sometimes it's difficult, right? Because it's just hard to get to all the things, to attend to all the things. But it's also, I think, for f- people who... Uh, like to uh, try on different hats, it's it's certainly available uh, in this ministry. Yeah, and I'm sure it's not that different from a lot of our people's lives, right? Like, they do lots of different things during the day, too. And, like, especially this kind of coming out of the pandemic season, it seems like we're trying to do all the things that we haven't been able to do, which is, like, really fun, but also a reminder of, like, oh... Time is limited. Chasing down a wild dream. I'll be right behind you every step. It won't all be easy. So when you feel like you've got nothing left, keep going. Oh. 
so maybe one thing we can do real quick before turning to our scripture text is just like a rapid fire of like life updates. That sounds perfect. Okay, so you go first. Uh, I'm back on the water kayaking a bit more regularly. That's great. Amazing. Um, my car got keyed in a parking lot when I was mountain biking earlier this week, which is not great. Yeah, that was not... I You showed me all of that. It's uh, That was not great. It's also not a very nice message. If you want to kind of go on the things that are not great, just life updates. I went to 465, which is the pizza place. Um, which Bentley loves. I love this place. I went last night. I think they, you might live there. They no longer have cannolis. Oh, that is so sad. Except... I'm not sure I love cannolis, but the idea of cannolis is wonderful. Which so. is to say, if anyone's listening from Philadelphia or New York, can you just send us down some cannolis? We don't even have... I mean, that 465 doesn't have them is to say. Highlands doesn't have cannolis. We can't eat cannolis. <laughs> That's a bummer. Major bummer. Um, okay, what else, Kellen? Uh, we had some friends in town for the first time. Like We hosted people at our house and guest bedrooms and like fed them breakfast and dinner and it was so great to like have people there and for me to feed them because I really missed hosting people that's awesome um last night our girls had a dance performance it was kind of end of year performance um at their school so that was a lot of fun to watch that um kind of crazy to think that they're you know you kind of mark speaking of time mark time at these occasions and they're growing up fast who was more into the performance alice or mary bentley their father i was more into the performance <laughs> but i think certainly mary bentley she's a little more of a kind of performative yeah i can see that but in the end i think alice is more likely to be a performer in the long haul like i you know huh, why do you say that she's just a little rock star i mean i think if the right kind of the stars align i could see her you know on a stage yeah, me too. all right kellen what about this personal updates from this past week what about some work updates this past week yeah so a couple of things um that i told the vestry yesterday was that we are launching a vacation bible camp august 2 through 6 in partnership with first presbyterian so um that'll be really fun and chaotic and lovely also, um, there's this great history of our Haiti min- ministry that just came out. It was a partnership between Bill Lee and Jane Chalker, and they did this amazing job telling the story of Incarnation's involvement um, in Haiti over the many, many years. So you should totally check that out. Yeah, absolutely. So I would just kind of add to that. Uh, we had our vestry meeting this past week. First time we've had an in-person vestry meeting in over a year, I think. Woo-hoo. It was really great to be together. Um, I'm always talking about this building. Uh, it's kind of all-consuming at the moment, but there's currently a hole uh, in our roof. Like a giant hole that goes straight through the roof of the church which will be the location of the new bell tower and it's really fun to see things kind of coming into shape across the street yeah it is really fun um what else we're up to 50 percent capacity in the chapel so if you want to come to worship there's probably a spot for you it might get a little tight come June, but um, you should come if you want to. Sign up in your inbox. 
Kellen, maybe less uh, glamorous, exciting, interesting than all the other things that we've named. Um, one of the things that starts off our day every uh, day of the week is morning prayer. And we've got this core group of people that are with us every day, Monday through Friday, on Facebook Live uh, for morning prayer. So faithful. It's actually astounding. It's pretty cool. And like gives me so much hope and appreciation for, yeah, just like the people of God committing to their prayers with us. It's a huge help to know that they're there every morning, honestly. I just hope and pray that all those folks that have been committed to morning prayer uh, will get out of their pajamas and join us in the chapel uh, once we're back to kind of some normal rhythms. That's a word of encouragement from your priest. <laughs> we'll see if that happens. <laughs> We've been gone for way too long. Now we're finally all back again. Yeah. Throw your hands up. Go and tell your brothers, sisters, and your friends. Yeah. We're back to it. Watch us how we do it. Ain't nothing gonna stop us now. Time to get to it. Time to move it. Let me see you lose it. Coming to your life. All right, Kellen. If morning prayer, Monday through Friday, represents the kind of regular rhythm of a church, maybe the liturgical opposite of that, or the other end of the liturgical spectrum. Our feast days. Our feast days. And this coming Sunday is the great feast of Pentecost. So The 50th day of Easter. Here we are. How'd we get here? We're already done with Easter. We're here. So maybe it's time to do a little gospel reflection, or at least one of the reflections on our readings for this coming Sunday. Sure. All right, Kellen, normally we look at the gospel reading, but given that it's the Feast of Pentecost, our reading from Acts of the Apostles is probably the most appropriate. And you all know this story, I'm sure, well. Uh, It's the story of the disciples being gathered together uh, on the day of Pentecost. And at that moment, uh, like a rush of wind, uh, the Spirit fills the entire house where the disciples are sitting. And then tongues of fire kind of appear and rest on each of the disciples, filling them with the Holy Spirit, allowing them to speak in different languages as the Spirit, as we're told, gives them ability. But then rather surprisingly, uh, Acts of the Apostles tells us that while uh, these different languages are being spoken, there are people from all over uh, the world, different regions gathered together, and they hear uh, these words proclaimed in their native language. And they're unsure about how this could possibly happen. Um, some even question whether or not the people speaking in tongues are filled with new wine. Uh, but then Peter stands up and tells them uh, the good news of what God has done. And this is uh, the great feast of Pentecost that we celebrate this Sunday. All right, Kellen, so that was uh, that was a, an attempt at explaining Acts of the Apostles. Uh, you all it's should... a really detailed story. There's a lot going on. And bl- well, Kellen, you're preaching on Sunday. I'm curious what thoughts you might have about the readings, about what you're going to preach, or about Pentecost more generally. Uh, kind of what are you thinking about as we walk towards Sunday? Um, I'm, not, I'm not exactly sure what I'm going to preach on yet. I feel kind of up in the air. haven't landed on something specific, but... Um, I think we could talk more generally about the Holy Spirit. Charles, who we were just celebrating a moment ago. Had, <laughs> is our organist, Charles. Right. Said this hilarious quote. 
Bentley, do you want to say it? Yeah, Charles, we were talking about someone uh, being called to ministry, and he said sometimes the Holy Spirit gets the wrong number. (laughs) Which I thought was so funny. I still think it's funny. Kellen, you laughed for like three minutes. I did, I did. I just, you know, like the Holy, sometimes I do think the Holy Spirit gets the wrong number, Um, but I don't think I can be the judge of that. So I just thought it was a playful way of talking about you know well i mean i think from a human perspective from just kind of our normal i mean certainly uh god works with a lot of uh people who are less than stellar human beings right and is willing to do things with people that we might not imagine on our own yeah i just think it's funny because like we interpret it as like you know the holy spirit having the wrong number but Maybe not. I think the Holy Spirit probably has the right number most of the time. Uh, Kellen, is there something in particular? I mean, Episcopalians don't often really talk about the Holy Spirit. Um, Well, I guess the question, maybe we could do like another like um, rapid fire session of like the ways that the Spirit has worked in our lives, like as examples, because I think that might be a little bit more helpful. Like we can, it just can feel a little ephemeral and um, abstract. All right, do you want me to go first? Sure. The first, I mean, I think this is not going to be warm and fuzzy, uh, but the spirit convicts us of our sin. Hmm. So I think those moments of compunction, those moments where I've kind of realized that I need to turn around for something, I trust that that's the work of the spirit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was thinking about... Uh, this is a little bit warmer and fuzzier. I was thinking I knew about, you'd help us out. About the situation last year where uh, I was just in a real tough spot and um, someone reached out to me and they were the exact person because they had particular skills and gift sets and a career. Someone reached out to me out of the blue and I thought, you're exactly the person who I need to be talking to in this situation. And I like couldn't have come up with that on my own and it just felt like the spirit was connecting us across you know space um saying like you all need to be in communication right now and I think that's like a lovely example of like how acts work you know storing acts worked with the spirit is like the spirit connects us to one another gives us understanding um creates these uh bridges to each other in a way that um, makes, yeah, just like situations and lives better. Yeah, um, Kellen, maybe in less obvious ways of of me being able to kind of pinpoint moments where this was true, um, uh, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, Mm -hmm. uh, helps us in our prayer, uh, and offers our prayer to God with sighs too deep for words. This is what Romans says. And so I think oftentimes when I feel like I can't muster up the right words or I don't feel like praying, uh, there is this kind of blessed assurance that uh, nevertheless, uh, the Spirit intercedes on our behalf. Uh, And that's a wonderful, wonderful part of the Spirit's work, I think. I mean, we hear about um, the gifts of the Spirit, right? And I think... It's funny because I think the Spirit imparts gifts to all of us individually and as communities, but then also it works to uncover those gifts. Like they're there, the the grace, the gift is already given, and 
Um, and we need the Spirit's help to see them sometimes, to see those gifts that we can't see um, in ourselves immediately. All right, here's another one, Kellen. Maybe thinking about the Spirit uncovering things. Uh, it's the Spirit that kind of helps uh, bear witness to Gentile incorporation into God's covenant. And I think sometimes the Spirit can move in such a way that allows us to see with new eyes uh, an expansion of God's love and grace uh, that maybe we didn't see before. And so I think in particular you see that in Scripture as related, like I just said, to uh, Gentile inclusion into God's uh, covenant. But I certainly think we've seen the Spirit's work uh, right in the middle of something like the Civil Rights Movement, uh, where the Spirit's inviting us, asking us, demanding us uh, to look at our picture of who exactly it is that's included in in God's family uh, and change according to that vision we've been given. We're wondering how the Spirit has worked in your life. How have you noticed her presence in your heart or um, community? And how would you put words to that? We'd love to hear from you. Dead in the water like lamb to the slaughter at the wind doesn't sing her song and I'm speaking in tongues I need a Here's a blessing from Jan Richardson called When We Breathe Together. This is a blessing we cannot speak by ourselves. This is the blessing we cannot summon by our own devices, cannot shape to our purpose, cannot bend to our will. This is the blessing that comes when we leave behind our aloneness, when we gather together, when we turn toward one another. This is the blessing that blazes among us when we speak the words strange to our ears, when we finally listen into the chaos, when we breathe together at last. All right, podcast family, thanks for joining us for this uh, episode of Empty Pews. As always, uh, it's a gift to be able to connect with you all in this way. Uh, we maybe have a couple of announcements. Kellen, what comes to we, mind? we like, gave all our announcements early on. We absolutely did. So since we got that out of the way, uh, we'll leave you with this. We love you. We miss you. God's peace. <laughs>